Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 333. This is our weekly DCEU news episode. We are going to get super spoilery if they have released stuff, and oh my goodness, have they released some stuff. Mm. We're not even going to get as spoilery as they've released, because even that is too much. Mm. Anyway, lots of Wonder Woman news. Discretion. That's the name of DC On Screen. Mm, trying. Trying. We're going to get spoilery, though. Uh, I'm David C. Robertson, your your host, your kindly host, some might say. Others will say no, that's not true at all. Mm. And this is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. You got, you almost got concussed today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, you all right? Yeah, supposedly fine. We were a little worried there for a minute that, you know, Jason was going to be speaking another language when we started the show tonight. Yeah, uh, I, I took about a six-foot tumble onto some pavement, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. That's gonna it's gonna sting tomorrow. Yeah, it sounded. Um, if I make any drastic errors, I get tonight <laughs> off. This is judgment free night for me. Judgment free night for Jason. Because I hit the pavement so hard, I think I gave myself whiplash. Not like a not a subdermal hematoma or anything like that, right? Nope, no, I already done that one. Okay, that's oh a story goodness. from when I was twelve. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I had a oh, yeah. coworker that did that. He uh, was trying. His girlfriend locked him out of his apartment. And he tried to jump from, like, he went up the stairs. There's the front door, you know, on the con. There's the concrete. He tried to jump from there to his balcony to get in. Mm. Missed the balcony. Fell a story. Slammed his head into the pavement. And he's all mm. jittery and everything. And I, I was trying to take care of him. Uh, it was years ago. Yeah, and that's, took a, him that's to the hospital. a hospital visit. I thought he was lying, too, because... He smelled weird, and I was pretty sure that it was drugs, you know? It probably mm-hmm. was. Well, it feels like a hold my beer moment he was describing there. Yeah. I mean, like, he, uh, like I said, he'd been kicked out of his place, so, like, he stayed the night at my place. I didn't really know him too well. He was like, hey, you got a lot of comic books. I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, that's got to be worth something. I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not going to sleep. To I'm not going to sleep tonight. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, I took him to the hospital, subdermal hematoma. He actually did crack his head pretty hard. Yep. I, had I was also right. Money. He was on a lot of drugs. That that could be true too. <laughs> Mine was an innocent baseball straight to the brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lots of stitches inside and outside of my head. Mm-hmm. Yay. Which may actually explain a lot of things. I often use that as a, a backdoor explanation when I have to. <laughs> I mean when I just when I get too far into something and someone's right. just thoroughly confused, just kinda yell like, People have touched my brain. <laughs> With scalpels. Your wife gets mad you forgot Valentine's Day. Yeah. I had brain surgery. I have a four-inch scar on my head. Pulling out the old brain surgery card. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should do the show. Absolutely. Uh, so, I would be remiss not to mention this up front. Uh, they released a sort of a little short and in anticipation of Deadpool 2. Not, not really having anything to do with it. But... Um, it's a Superman spoof. It's like Deadpool in a, I guess some guy's getting mugged. Yeah. Deadpool in a phone booth trying to change, and it is not going well. It's glorious. They're playing the Superman. It is. They're playing the John Williams, the classic Old John Donner Williams thing, Superman. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, the guy gets shot before he can ever actually get out of the booth, and it's pretty fun. It's wonderful. Yeah, but if you haven't seen that. I won't sit here and try know. to regurgitate the lines. I'll just say, just do what you have to do and go watch it. Yeah. Uh, so happy 51st birthday to Zack Snyder. Wow. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I thought he was in his forties. In his forties, but now that I think about it, I've been you know we've been thinking about yeah. him for a few years. So I was probably right when I thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> there's some news going about, and I, I'll talk about it. But I thought this was already the case. Mm-hmm. This is not uh, like I'd seen uh, contrary news before in the last few weeks. I went, why is everyone saying that? We've already known this, but uh, Man of Steel was intended to launch the universe. Charles Roven was talking to comicbook.com, says, When we started with Man of Steel, we knew that we were going to expand the universe. Uh, from the moment that we started with Man of Steel, we knew that once we opened up the Superman, you can't do Superman without talking about aliens existing in our universe. We yeah. knew that we were going to have to really consider what the world building would be beyond the unique film. Then, as soon as Warner Brothers announced the slate, we really got intensive about it. But the thing is, each unique film in the DC Pantheon is going to be unique because the directors are different, except for Zack directing Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and the two Justice League movies. So he says two Justice League movies, which would imply to me, and no one else has talked about that, that I've seen. Two Justice League movies. That means that Charles expects Zack to do the second one, which has been widely reported to not be the case. I have heard some back and forth about that. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, could just be a slip of the tongue. He's going to at least get the three. I mean, they're in the back, so. Yeah. Uh, He says they are bringing their sensibilities on a different production designer and different costume designer, etc. That world building will still be of the same DC Justice League universe, but have its own unique point of view. Down for that. He also talks about um, mapping out broad, how they mapped out broad strokes of the universe um, and how they wanted individual movies exploring the characters and they really wanted to get wonder woman before the justice league to uh bring in the importance of the trinity of dc comics so i mean that's kind of we've known all this pretty much most of it right yeah i mean i I feel like he's just highlighting and emphasizing certain things that have been hanging out Hmm. in the ether so far remember that story like that we reported on from like well when we first started almost when Zack was talking about, hey, remember that scene where Superman was saved by those whales? Yeah. That was Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a bunch of uh, bunch of different police, uh, polices? A bunch of different uh, people were, reporters were allowed to come to the Wonder Woman set. Um, a lot of stuff going on from there. I'll try to be brief, informative, and not too spoilery. But they saw about 15 minutes of Wonder Woman. Okay. Mm, there's several things mentioned. There's there's a scene with uh, Diana and Trevor leaving the island, mm-hmm. and her watching it disappear in the distance. And there's some there's some bit about um, how she was made of clay from Zeus, etc. You know, sort of highlighting that they were talking about the sort of how pretty cool it was. You know that they were. Um, so they're keeping that in, bit. Like, well, a little bit, but that was always like, that was, that's what's been going on is like the, in the comics, as they said, like, oh, that was kind of a myth that she was told it was really Zeus that fathered her, et cetera. Okay. But, um, yeah, it looks like, um, there's some nice bits. What I'm reading is a lot of positive stuff about the chemistry between Gal Gadot and, uh, Chris Pine and, uh, in these scenes, um, Seems like Diana's very, very uh, gung ho to get to the front lines and stop Ares. That's a thing that's been uh, confirmed vehemently here. <laughs> that might explain her wandering onto that battlefield in the trailer solo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You can and, hear a uh, lot of I mean, Diana, get back here. You know, screw that. Yeah, uh, that's one of the scenes that they talked about, though. Um, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. What's uh? <laughs> there's so much here. So, um, comicbook.com kind of went into the uh, the Greek mythology. And I'll just read it from what they said on their site. Um, in the DCEU mythology, the, the story of the Greek gods goes a bit differently. In this telling, Zeus creates mankind to be companions to the Greek gods. However, Zeus's son Ares, the god of war, is jealous of his father's love of mankind. And he affects them with the seed of war, turning them against each other. As mankind begins to destroy themselves in the world with war, Ares attacks and slays his fellow gods. In response, Zeus calls upon the Greek gods for help, and Aphrodite, goddess of love, creates the Amazons, who rise up out of the sea to defend the world and stop Ares, which they do for a time. Uh, the Amazons manage to capture Ares for a while, but the god of war eventually gets, uh, eventually does get free and enslaves the Amazons, aiming to finish the destruction of the Zeus of Zeus and the rest of the gods. Ares succeeds in his evil intentions, but before Zeus is brought down, he manages to create two safeguards against Ares. One is the mystical hidden island of Themyscira, and the other is the mystical power of the god-killer, which is seemingly contained within a powerful sword kept on Themyscira. After being under Ares' sway, the Amazons are freed by the will of Queen uh, Hippolyta, who frees the chains of enslavement and manages to lead the Amazons to Themyscira, where they are safe from Ares' sights, as well as the war-filled hearts of mankind. In the movie, we meet Diana when she is eight, the only child on the island of Themyscira. Diana leads something of a charmed life as her mother decrees she is not to be trained as an Amazon warrior. That changes when uh, Hippolyta's sister, General Antiope? Sure. Antiope? That's as close as we normally get. Sees potential in Diana and decides that best way to keep her niece safe is for Diana to be a fully trained warrior capable of protecting herself. She begins training Diana in, in secret and makes a startling discovery. The girl is more powerful than any mere Amazon, a power that even Diana doesn't realize is there. Eventually, Hippolyta accepts that what Antiope has done uh, and decrees that if Diana is going to be a warrior, then let her be unconquerable. Diana holds... <laughs> Diana grows up... Way to, to get behind your warrior. little girl. Right? Diana grows up to be the greatest warrior the Amazons ever had, but still feels unfulfilled about her place in the world and the destiny she doesn't even know she's missing out on. But that all changes when Steve Trevor, the first man Diana's ever seen, crashes on the island. Trevor comes bearing news of a great war that's consuming the outside world, one in which a nefarious chemist and a fanatical general plan to use a new type of weapon that will obliterate millions of lives. Even hearing this, Queen Hippolyta maintains that... The Amazon's place is on their island. However, for Diana, the fingerprints of Ares, their enemy, is all over that war. With Trevor's arrival, Diana sees a chance to fulfill her destiny and bring glory back to the Amazons, though the world and her destiny aren't quite what she thinks they will be. So, um, that's just like a little backstory for the Amazons, for the Amazonians. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe ten minutes of film that uh, that we're getting a description of. Maybe. Maybe it could even be they, less. I mean, a lot of that's exposition about the back part of it, like the the, right. the back story, and I feel like that's just going to be, I mean, a couple minutes while somebody tells a story. Exactly. Maybe with that's those moving pictures feeling. they use, you know. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's they have other scene descriptions, and I imagine those taking up mm. the majority of that fifteen minutes. Yeah. So you know that I don't think that would be too much of it. Um, no, I don't. I don't feel like we've recklessly ruined the movie here for anyone. Mm-mm. We might before this is over, but... <laughs> Earmuffs, kids. So, um, Patty Jenkins and Charles Roven, mostly Charles Roven, were talking, they were talking about why Wonder Woman is going to be in World War One. why they brought that, brought it into World War One. 
And Robin says, uh, man does have an ability to, bleh, man does have an ability to do horrible things to themselves. What was unique about World War I, it was the first time that war was fought from a distance. The idea of hand to hand combat, that thing of a noble fight of two armies squaring off against each other and then charging against each other and fighting, and the best men would be left standing was kind of forgotten and replaced by this war of a distance. We can drop bombs from the air, so we don't actually have to see the casualties. We just felt that that was a really important time period because it started then with that war. Uh, I'm not up enough on my wars to really verify that, but it sounds right. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of um, does. You know, lots of, I mean, I guess like a, a, a cannon is really not the same thing as, um, you know, dropping a bomb from an actual plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patty Jenkins talked about how it was a unique time period for women and warfare as sort of the rules of society were really different from the society we have now. They had decided to do World War I and I was like, whoa, let me think about that. And then I almost very quickly loved it because we've seen World War II so much. There were a lot of misunderstandings at play in World War I. It wasn't clear what was going on and that's great for her journey. All right. She also talked about how the historical setting wasn't really as constraining as many have claimed it is. Uh, World War, she said World War I uh, isn't as chronicled and as storied as World War II in our culture. And that the confusion of the time period left a lot more room for the superhero fantasy world to take hold. Yeah, all, I'm, says, all uh, I'm sure about was it was hmm? the Great War until it was just, well, the first one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, I think people were still referring to as that, that is the Great War, even even as far as Korea. They were <laughs> like, no, the first one was the biggest one. I mean, it wasn't, but, you know. No, no, no. Two, but, two um, was pretty big, I remember. But, yeah, but Rovin said the truth is with any of these superhero movies, it's not about World War One. It's about a superhero Amazon becoming a god, coming to man's world and viewing mankind. And so this war ended up being great. And then it was really fun to apply to a time period nobody knows, the same balance that you do in a superhero movie, because that was my obsession, was tone. Like, come in, I was like, okay, we have to be so careful. It doesn't look like a BBC documentary. So it doesn't look silly that somebody has a superhero costume on. We have to hit exactly that pocket. you got to hit that little pocket of comic superhero, and then you bring it to that comic version of that period of time. And so it was fun in that way to do it about period about a period of time that people don't know. And when the two things, history and comic book fantasy, finally, finally collide, it's going to be great. Hmm. I like that take. Yeah, I do. So um, they've done a little bit of uh, explanation. They've offered a little explanation now. As far as the uh, the general and Dr. Maru or Dr. Poison, um, it has been confirmed that General Eric Ludendorff is Ares. They, they say he's a rogue general. This is comicbook.com still. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the German army in World War One to further his own insidious ends as Germany prepares to surrender and sign a peace treaty, uh, sorry, a peace armistice with the Allies, Ludendorff taps the chemist Dr. Maru to create a gas that will drop all over Europe, killing millions of people and giving Germany the edge in the Great War. As many fans have suspected, Ludendorff is a human shell for Ares, which we learn when Dr. Maru gifts him, gifts him with a gas that can temporarily restore his godlike powers that he lost. Mm, that's the end. Which some, yeah, some people have surmised that this might be like the precursor to Venom. Actually, might bring Bane about at some point. Uh, I mean, okay, but seems like a reach right now. 
And comicbook.com is describing Dr. Maru is a chemist who director Patty Jenkins described as the type of person who has suffered great pain, hence her mask, and want to then inflict the pain on others. She is the driving force behind Ares' plan as she is developing a gas that would wipe out millions of people if it were dropped over Europe. More than that, she seems to be swayed by Ares' power. A scene of the two of them planning shows that the god of war instills her with a great conf- or with confidence she doesn't otherwise have. So yeah, and they're <clears throat> they're um, combining a couple of different versions of Doctor Poison from the from the comics to make this version for for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they released a new picture. It's Wonder Woman climbing a ladder out of a foxhole. We've seen that in the first trailer, the first couple of trailers. It says she walks into no man's land and they're shooting bullets at her. The Germans are shooting at her and she's deflecting them with her gauntlets. Um, they do describe this scene a little more. Um. Or it has been described more that she's leading the band of of uh, the team that she's she and Steve have put together, and um, she basically goes out on, into no man's land with with uh, Steve Trevor yelling at her <laughs> to uh, deflect the the fire so that some civilians can get away is what I've what I've read. Oh, okay, yeah, but they say this is glorious. Like people, like they are saying. I'm reading that this sequence is better than anything in most Marvel movies. <laughs> All right, like that she and like by doing this she inspires them. Like she's like ta- like deflecting bullets. Like someone shoots a rocket at her, she like pulls up a shield, the shield, and deflects it. You know, um, and this is also like this is her uh, reveal to the world. So she like drops the cloak and she's in like full Wonder Woman gear and she climbs the ladder and. It inspires her team to come out and start fighting, too. Well, that sounds magical. Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I mean, I've been pumped about this movie a few times, but that description's pretty great. Yeah. It's been... It's a pretty nice uh, description. Um, one site said, as further noted, the Wonder Woman scene was watched by a bunch of hard-to-please nerd... Uh, hard-to-please hardcore super nerds, but after watching the scene, they were, quote, absolutely giddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and and it should be noted that they watched it without the finished effects. Oh, right. yeah, no veneer on that. Just uh, just this is what's going to happen. I think it was some veneer, but not all. Not all the veneer. There were a few coats shy. <laughs> so, uh, Kurt Kinmoto, VP of production for Atlas Entertainment, was asked during the set visit about what John Jeff John's role in the production of the film was. Um, he said, Jeff Johns is one of our executive producers and he's of course writing on this film. He's been an amazing part of the core team along with Chuck and Debbie and Zach as producers in the core team, along with John Berg. He's bringing out all of the treasures in the DC chest of just going a little bit deeper than we have is something you can follow up with him on with Chuck, just in terms of Jeff's involvement with all of DC. Yay. Mm hmm. Now, um, Bustle had an interview with Gal Gadot where she talked about um, how she wished she had a hero like Wonder Woman to look up to when she was a kid. She said, I didn't have a strong female figure to look up to, uh, only when I was a teenager. Then I loved different female artists, but as a girl, I didn't have a strong figure to look up to other than my mother. I feel very proud that finally this movie is being made because boys always had a figure to look up to, whether it's Superman or Batman or Spider-Man. They always had heroes to look up to, and for girls, it's always the princesses are being saved or being passive. 
She, but Wonder Woman is fearless. She's proactive. She believes in herself. She believes she can do anything, or sorry, everything. And that's a true woman for me. You know, that's awesome. Also helps if you're like enchanted and magic. Well, yeah, but I looked um, up to Superman, and you know, I wasn't an alien. I never looked up for the Superman. That's why I always like Batman because I'm like, oh, he's a he's just a dude. Yeah, just you a know? dude with I'm a like, magical amount of time to train. Of course, you know, I guess I kind of look up to Superman a little bit now as an adult because I'm like, if I was an alien and I had all that power, I would absolutely rule the world. That, even when I was a kid, that's what I thought was like, oh, he's got so much restraint. Yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't care for Superman. I was like, ah, he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there there, there are levels of your, and, you know, your the, childhood. He was Big Blue Boy know? Scout, but I literally was a Boy Scout. This wasn't a problem for me. Right. So, I mean, I, I get it, and um, I actually... Yeah, I feel her in that. Like, I'm, I'm happy. It, don't get me wrong. You can delve deep and find uh, heroines that have been around, you know, maybe for much longer than mm-hmm. it would seem. But they're not, they're not accessible. This, it's really nice to have they're an not? accessible one. No, like literally, you just go to the movies now. Like when we were young, we just went to the movies and watched Superman. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Go hang out, watch Batman. No big deal. They're all there. That's why mm-hmm. been, it's one of the reasons I was so excited about a Wonder Woman, Woman like film is. It's an accessible thing you can take your little girl to and go like, "Hey, look at this thing." Yeah, I get that now, but you know, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I guess I was just like I grew up with. Uh, I mean, like when I was a really young kid, I you know, like six years old is when I first saw the '89 Batman, mm-hmm. and then like throughout, like I see like the Fleischer Superman or like sometimes like one of the Christopher Reeve movies would be on. But um, you know, pretty early on, you know, they would I would see like Wonder Woman reruns on and stuff, and be like. And like Jim and the holograms and stuff. And I just, I never actually realized when I was a kid, even through like, like mid teens or whatever, that there was like this huge gulf between men and women. I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. We're good. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got a Supergirl, we got a Wonder Woman, we got, you know, like I grew up watching the X-Men too. So I was just like about half of those cats were, were females. <laughs> I'm like, Rogue could, Rogue could like beat the crap out of anybody. destroy I mean, all of you. And like, they're all scared of Storm, and she's like floating up thunder and lightning. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know. sure, I know. So I didn't catch on until way later that like apparently women were being oppressed. I don't. Yeah, like, well, as I'm an like, adult later, you kind of do the math and go, oh yeah, all right, yeah. I'm okay. like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I see that there are fewer of them, but I mean, the ones that are there are more powerful than most of the men. So, ah, yeah, it's one of the um one of the fine points of X Men: The Last Stand that people can't deny. <laughs> Who was the most powerful person in that film? In that franchise, I would dare. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't remember. Jean what are you talking about? Gray. Oh, yeah. Phoenix, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. She's the, the, the living god at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Patty Jenkins was talking about uh, coming, how she came into Wonder Woman. And uh, very much in the same vein Gal Gadot was just talking about. But she said, I went into not making, I went into it not making a movie about a woman at all. I'm making a movie about Wonder Woman, who I love, who to me is one of the great superheroes. So I just treat her like a universal character, and that's what I think is the next step. When we can start doing that more and more, and when studios have the confidence to do that more and more. She said she was raised by a very feminist single mother. Uh, and that I, ideally Hollywood will ease up on its uh, tendency to pigeonhole films about women. She said we could just start making universal movies about other kinds of people and not have it be an issue. Just say, yeah, this is a universal movie about a person wanting to be a hero. This one happens to be a woman. Yeah. Well, uh, eh. I forget. I, I really forget where the philosophy came about. 
for all I know, it was you that said it one day. But uh, I remember it being a quote somewhere. Like, the best way to write a strong female character is to write a strong character and then assign a gender. I've been saying that for a really long time. Is that why I thought it might be you? Yeah. I've, yeah, absolutely. But I know. She, I may have heard it from somebody and then paraphrased it, and now this quote has become mine. Nice. Good. Um, I don't know. But it, it is, though. <laughs> like uh, I, I feel like... Uh, She's she's speaking around a little bit of what you're uh, you were talking about there. You just you just write mm-hmm. strong characters, and then it you know doesn't really matter where they're coming from if you if you do it correctly. If the story is good, it really doesn't make a damn. Yeah. So Patty also says the Wonder Woman TV show hit big when I was about seven years old, eight years old. So for those of us who love superheroes and were on the playground, that's who you got to be. Also, I love that she was so beautiful and hot. For me. Your aspiration is like, oh, I'm going to play with the boys, but in my head, I look like Linda Carter. When you go back, my nickname was Wonder Woman in high school, just because I tripped spectacularly, and it was for the wrong reasons. Still, it's like the Wonder Woman theme was consistent. <laughs> I because felt like she was I, one of us with that. Because you know? I tripped spectacularly. <laughs> yep, that's what she said. I mean, I would like footage of that. Mm-hmm. That sounds funny. Well, it does. So, um, since Wonder Wo- the Wonder Woman trailer did not drop on Logan, it looks like the next candidate is Kong Skull Island that Warner Brothers has coming out on Friday. They're pretty sure that that's where it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be two and a half minutes long. I gotta be honest with you. But it should drop the day before. That will not get me into that movie. It will not. I'll watch it on the internet and be like, yeah, I didn't have to go see Kong. Yeah, I'm sorry. I- I'm just, I'm sorry. It's not happening. I got nothing. Nothing, nothing for it. Hiddleston or no Hiddleston? Nope. I, I didn't even know anybody was in it that I cared about. Yeah. The last time I cared about Hiddleston was when he was dating Tay-Tay, and now that that ain't happening... Mm, that's all done. <laughs> Thanks, grocery store, for all that info. <laughs> grocery store? More like Snapchat. <laughs> yes, I am on Snapchat. David C. Robertson. You can find me. I occasionally post some things. <laughs> I'm just definitely not. Yeah. So, some people are saying that Henry Cavill is teasing Green Lantern in Justice League. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. He posted on Instagram a picture of his dog looking out of a window. It said Cal. His dog's name His dog's name is Cal. Cal looking for Hal. Hashtag Green Lantern. <laughs> Hashtag <Nice>. Cal. <laughs> then, another picture of himself standing in front of what looks like a store window with a bust of Green Lantern on a set of speakers. And it says, other cow looking for Hal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not news, but I thought it was funny. No, and I thought it was worth mentioning. It, does it, if it's news, if it's actually important, I think it means that they're trying to cast Hal Jordan. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, he's actually shooting a separate film in like, in Canada somewhere. I don't think it has anything to do with Injustice League. I think I think he's just trolling, man. Yeah, he's I just having I think, fun. But he he, he does. I, he has fun with social media. It's such a uh, it's, it's such a strange narrative that of his dog staring out of a window looking for Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I like it. There's a a new rumor that Dark Side might show up in Justice League. Umberto Gonzalez said uh, <laughs> that he doesn't really speak in the movie, but he's in it. He says you you see him and you feel his presence, but you don't hear him talk. Um, but he also said it's just speculation and inside baseball, essentially. So, rumor. Okay. Mm, I mean... No, it's not a rumor. That could be scarier, to be honest with him, but... Yeah. I'd be okay with it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Darkseid showed up. No, not at all. Giant ass Omega symbol hanging out there? No. Mm-hmm. Um, what's not a rumor is Zack Snyder dropped some Aquaman 
footage, probably from Justice League, I would imagine. Um, a lot of people are saying it's test footage. It's not going to be for Aquaman, but you know, some some people have said that. Some some articles have said that, and some people said it was test footage. I don't think this te- this test footage. It looks way too rendered to <laughs> to be test footage. Yeah. Um, but he he posted it on Vero, working on my birthday. He said. And uh, the footage looks like Aquaman swimming up to um, someone sitting in a throne. Uh, some are reporting as Poseidon. I tend to think it looks more. It looks more. I mean, it look, does look like Poseidon, but it also looks like Atlan, the dead king hmm. uh, from the books. So it was the former king of Atlantis. So either or, it's a cool shot. Yeah, and uh, it does look good. Zack Snyder also released a close-up of the Batmobile on Vero with uh, with all the guns and the weapons and things. And he, he put up a new picture of the lake house, Bruce's lake house. So if you're not following Zack Snyder on Vero, you should probably do that if you're interested <laughs> in this stuff. Uh, Gal Gadot wished Zack happy birthday, and she posted a behind-the-scenes Justice League picture. Um, it's a picture of Zack looking at a monitor and uh, Gal Gadot looking very serious as Wonder Woman. And she says, a very happy birthday at Cruel Films, hashtag Zack Snyder 43. This photo expresses how focused and centered we were on Justice League, but doesn't show all the good laughs and great fun we had. I wish you the best of luck, health, and happiness. You are such a special, talented man with such a unique cinematic vision. I'm happy I got to know and work with you. Happiest birthday to you. Um, happy, happy, happy mm, birthday, birthday, birthday. Nice sentiments. And I wonder, I'm surprised I haven't seen any clickbait saying, like, that sounds like she's saying goodbye. <laughs> like, Zach's not going to be part of the thing anymore. Maybe. No, he'll be there. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of news out of Army Hammer. I don't think it's anything but trolling. But um, someone on Twitter said, Slips are at Army Hammer, 50 scotch eggs. Are you Hal Jordan or not? And Army Hammer responds, start sweating. Um... <laughs> Is that just what he's doing right now? I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight has, uh, the rumor mill has been saying he's going to be Jon Stewart. Much to, I'm sure, Common's displeasure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Common. Uh, Man, it was my role. I know. I'm just, There's a picture of you out there. But, you know, the guy that was just in the Oscar film might end up getting it instead of you. I'm sorry, Common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, he uses his real name as opposed to Common. Mm-hmm. And now that I just imagine, like, sure. I, I just imagine all studio executives sounding like Lorne Michaels now. I know I've talked about this on the show recently, <laughs> but I listened to that Lorne Michaels interview with, on WTF. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I just, I, I just think of all. You're just hearing it through the lens now of Lauren Michael. Yeah. Michael. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. The problem, of course, was not that you weren't necessarily good enough, but that you were just much too common. Boom, boom. Forgive me. <laughs> so, Trevante Rhodes was talking to MTV News, and they, they were talking, they asked him, the guy asked him uh, if he would be open to tentpole, big budget superhero movies and stuff. And he says, that's everybody's dream. Whenever you're a child, you're like, I want to be a superhero. I want to be a superhero. So in that regard, that is something that's really enticing. But more so because it puts my face in front of more people who will want to then come and see a movie like Moonlight that I really care about. Hmm. And then Josh Horowitz from MTV asked him point blank whether or not he had heard anything about Green Lantern. 
And he kind of just grins coyly and goes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> ah, see, that's the kind of thing. It did not seem like he was he was telling the truth. It seemed like he totally knew. That I mean, yeah, that kind of thing drives me crazy. I, I yeah, I looked at it like three or four times. I went, yeah, that bastard's in talks. <laughs> I mean, I could see him being like, "Have you heard anything?" I don't know. I haven't talked to my agent this week. Maybe. <laughs> kind so of someone uh, kind of kind of uh, in my little honeymoon period with the with the Oscar, but you know, maybe maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh Patty Jenkins was kind of uh shoehorned into 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 answering this question, but hopefully this is authentic and genuine, I mean. Uh someone asked her, uh, isn't Matt Reeves just the best thing ever for the Batman or whatever? Leading I didn't question, actually copy your honor. Right, right. <laughs> Badgering the witness. <laughs> <laughs> but Jenkins responded, he really is. I'm so excited to see his Batman and have him in the DC Universe. Great choice. As if she could say anything else. Yeah. Other than just ignoring the person. I mean... I, you know, could, I would just go, you, we'll see. Could you wink. rephrase that? <laughs> you now, tool. <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a site out there called Slash Report. I've never heard of it before now. Nope. But they seem to be, unfortunately, the source on this. Great. I don't know if it's true. That bodes well. I don't... No, it doesn't. But, you know, I, 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 I don't know. The basic idea is that uh, they're saying Matt Reeves has the final say now on the Batman. He has complete creative control. Um, they're saying that some anonymous source of theirs claimed that that's what broke down the talks between WB and Reeves, that he wanted the same complete control that James Wan allegedly has on Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And they said no. He walked. They kind of realized it was a bad move on their part, and that they were already kind of getting screwed over with the press. And then gave him complete control, let him be a producer, and he came back. Okay, the narrative it holds together. It sounds right. It sounds right. It just flies in the face it's, of everything we know about WB executives and their ability to learn and function in the real world. <laughs> I mean, you know, I. I haven't seen confirmation that James Wan has complete control. I don't know where they're getting that either. Yeah, I mean, even they said alleged. <laughs> right. So, you know. I, I would like to think that he walked away and Jeff John stormed into an office and slammed a few heads against a table and walked out. And they went, yeah, I see his point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't care. <laughs> and like maybe Ben Affleck called on the conference call like thing, the speakerphone in the conference call thing, and, and just said should i send jeff in again or you got my point all right send matt back thank you right you know i'm i'm i don't know i feel like i'm quickly running out of steam with warner brothers like i you know oh i would love to be covering properties from a different company that steam left a long time ago (laughs) if we're talking in terms of steam at this point, if I was right. a steam engine, whatever contraption it is that holds the steam, the, the mm-hmm. coal has long turned to ash, and the inside of the moisture-filled thing is rusted. I have not had faith in WB in longer than I can remember. Yeah, I would, me either. I would kill to be, well, anyone but Fox. <laughs> or Sony. Or Sony, I was about to say, or even Sony? Like, okay, yeah, I no, just no, want no, a Sony. new company to buy all what of about- them. What about Universal? You don't want Universal? No, Universal's not doing great either. I just want a new they company. Can't, they can't make a Hulk movie to save their lives. No, and I would say Marvel, 
even in defiance of all that that might make it. But you know, it is owned by the by the the, the mouse, and and there's just mm-hmm. a certain amount of restrictions with that. You know, apparently they were going to actually, they might have actually bought DC. There was a sometime. Yeah, there ago. was a thing going around about that for a second. Mm-hmm. But Didn't yeah, happen. thankfully, I think. I think. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> really don't know. Yeah. Google. I don't know how I feel. Google, please buy DC. You seem to no. be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Like, Warner Brothers owns DC. I don't understand. Yeah. I, hopefully, like, I just don't know, man. Like, hopefully they'll get it. Hopefully, eventually they'll get it. Hopefully they've already gotten it. With Jeff Johns. That's my hope. I'm trying to look on the positive side of things. Yeah. Johns, we trust you. Um, you know, and if that doesn't work out, I don't know. Star Trek on screen starts next year. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. All right. Let's just reminisce about Quantum Leap on this show. And then, no, we'll, we'll still cover it. And yeah. there, you'll there, see our attitudes get a, very, very a, dark. A series of decisions WB could make where like in a couple of years, we're just on the show going, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to know what was, you know, if they don't pull it together soon, you could probably expect us to go back to like pre BVS, Dave and Jason. Like, go back to our Man of Steel review. Go back to some of those old episodes and listen to our uh, non-faith having selves. Yeah, I'll tell you what I can promise. <laughs> I can promise right now. Weeping. Weeping. <laughs> on air, weeping. Not a, I was gonna say not on the air, but now that you've promised that. Yep. There's a point. There's a point where I'd be willing to uh, promise on air weeping, where you can just hear the hope leave right through my little eye ducts. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all the news I have for the DCEU, the movie segment of the show. Do you have anything else, Jason? Do you have anything you'd like to add? Any more promises of emotional outbursts on the air? Mm, no. Mm-hmm. No, not for now, mm-hmm. no. But hey, right. you know, nice to hear just a bunch of positive Wonder Woman news for a minute. It is. It's super nice. It's wonderful. <laughs> because her name's Wonder Woman. I I saw what you did there. And I was proud, but I did just sustain a head injury, so. Right. I was a little worried that some other listeners may not get it. While we expound. Get it? Wonder. No. Anyway, we are DC on screen. You can Digging find every episode. The rain gets <laughs> I'm going to drown in that rain. Every episode DC on screen is on DCOnScreen.com. Uh, you can have conversations with us, and that's been from the get-go, and several people do, and it's quite enjoyable, and I suggest you do it. DC on screen, one word, DC on screen. That's at Twitter, that's at Facebook. Why aren't you doing this already? Why aren't you, like, like as we're recording, why aren't you saying, hey, Dave, what's up? What's happening? Come fill our lives the money with joy you, and hope. And You got the money you owe me? Criticism. We're fine. Um, we can handle it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Death threats. <laughs> we're whatever. proud. I've had those. <laughs> um, apparently, you shouldn't get on YouTube and talk about how much you dislike Leonard Skinner. Uh, it goes poorly. Uh, yeah. Anyway. We're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. You guys have got to go over there and check out some of these shows they've got, Breaking the Panel, Panel by Panel, uh, Blazing Defender Report, Booze and Phasers. It's a lot of fun. Not to mention our sister show that we haven't even mentioned in a while, but Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast with Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. It's a fine show. 
when they're not bashing us, apparently. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> they bounce around that. You boys about to get busy, by the way. Mm-hmm. In case you're listening they don't really to bash that. us, though. Yeah, to be fair, for our loyal fans, they don't really bash us so much as they bash DC. They like really enjoy that sometimes. They do. So. It's odd. It is. I mean, I want everything to be successful. Sometimes it's not odd. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, you're you're right, but. <laughs> and I don't always think I want everything to be successful. I was rooting for Lucifer to fail. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was. Too. I mean, not in the last few episodes, but still. Um. <laughs> It's like bones with the devil. <laughs> we just root for it to fail during the bubble season, and then after we're stuck with it again, we root for it to be good. You know what's worse? It's not really like that's unfair. Like because I've talked to I've talked to my girlfriend Bethany, who's an avid Bones watcher. You know, it's not fair to Bones to say that it's not bones with the devil. It's Castle with the devil. That is fair. I have watched Castle, and you're right. I and I love Nathan Fillion, but I do not like that show. It was bad. I still watched six seasons of it in the background while I did stuff. Because because of Nathan Fillion. Because he's charming. But He's charming as hell, yeah. And yeah, you can sit there and mindlessly draw with some crap happening in the background as well with that show as you can anything else. That's there you go. True. My glowing endorsement for Castle. Castle, get your laundry done. Castle, it doesn't have an ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're going to be coming right back with a DC TV news episode. We're going to talk about all the DC TV things. And until that time, we love you. You're beautiful. And keep some DC on your screen. 